Hey, Realtors. If you're listening to this right now, it means you're serious about your business. Remember, if you need a little help implementing any of the strategies you hear on this podcast, go to boarddigital.com and book a time to talk. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Real Marketers Podcast. On today's episode, we host Ryan Mason, a serial entrepreneur who went from dropping a full scholarship to doing business with Good Morning America, NFL Network, Foot Locker, Adidas, Yahoo, and 40-plus athletes and celebrities. In 2015, he launched Looks Brand Luxury Shoelaces, a luxury shoelace company endorsed by DJ Khaled, Antonio Brown, Marquise Goodwin, and many more celebrities and athletes. He is also the founder and CEO of BizBuzz Marketing, an integrated marketing automation software for businesses. His companies have been featured on national television. He has been named by Yahoo Finance as one of the top 12 entrepreneurs to watch in 2020, a list that also includes Gary Vaynerchuk and Neil Patel. He was also named by Fox News as one of the top entrepreneurs to follow during COVID-19, a list that includes Grant Cardone, Ty Lopez, and many more. And he just released his first book, The Digital Playbook. I'm Oliver Bohr, and this is The Real Marketers Podcast. Hey, Ryan, thanks so much for coming on the show, man. How you doing? I'm well, Oliver. Thanks so much for having me. Can't, can't My- wait to just share it with your community. Thank you, man. All right, let's get to it. Let's get to it. So I want to say before we start, it's always a pleasure to get such a rising star onto the show. So I feel like I just, I got you like just in the nick of time. Like now you just released your book. You were featured by Yahoo Finance and Fox is one of the top global entrepreneurs to follow. You're basically, if you're asking me, just about to become an international household name, at which point booking you might become a near impossibility. But like I said, I got you just in the nick of time. So before we get into the story of how it all got started, I just want to talk about these last few months. Like what's it been like? It must've been an absolute whirlwind. Yeah, it it really has, you know, and I can kind of relate it to this, you know, in life, we, we have in most cases been running through life so fast, so, so fast, you know, and for me, um, COVID has been just a huge impact on, you know, not only myself, but everyone. And it slowed us down, but for me, it has allowed me to really take focus and really take ownership and accountability of where I want to be in the next stages of my journey. So for me, um, Yes, it's been very positive. It's been a blessing. We have, you know, I've, I've won several awards on from Yahoo Finance, Fox News. Um, I just released my very first book. And it's so funny because if you had asked me five years ago, did I see myself writing a book and releasing a book and also getting accolades as, as to become a best-selling author, I would have probably laughed at it, right? <laughs> but, right. You know, I'm just super blessed and I'm super thankful. And um, I just hope to encourage others um, to, and also to show them that they can do it just as well. Well, you certainly are. I mean, like, I'm sure we're in the similar, at least age bracket and I see what you're doing. Um, and again, the context of what makes you so impressive, I'm definitely going to, we're definitely going to talk about here, but a hundred percent, like keep doing what you're doing. And like you said, five years ago, five years is a very long time. And you've just been putting positive things into the world. And uh, it looks like the world is definitely starting to reward you. So good for you, man. You. So I was doing a lot of reading about you. And you really have a remarkable story. Can you please tell us where it all began and how you got to the point that you're at today? Yeah, sure. So it actually all began in high school. My biggest dream was to follow my father's footsteps and play professional football. That was a big thing for me and my family. I had a cousin that played professional ball as well. My brother at the time, 
um, who's seven years younger than me, he was literally starting to get some really big awards. Um, I think at the time he was, he had just become the number two safety in the country. So he, I mean, literally he was really, really growing. And here I am, um, you know, just basically trying to get ready to, you know, take the next journey into the college or collegiate career. So for me, my, my dad always told me, you know, Ryan, there's one thing that you need to do and that's perform. That's all you gotta do. Don't worry about anything else. Don't be distracted by anything else. Just perform. And that's exactly what I did. So I went on um, in high school. I was fortunate enough to break a couple of records for the state of Alabama, um, some for tackles in a season, tackles in a single game, and also um, just tackles in a career as well. But honestly, like I said, going back to my biggest dream, I wanted to go to that big school, the Alabamas and the Auburns of the world, and I wanted to continue on and go on to, into the NFL. But as we know, life is not linear. So for me, I actually was fortunate enough uh, to only get one scholarship. So although I had stats to actually, you know, that rivaled some of those big key players at those really big schools, and in some cases, my stats even doubled theirs, I only walked away with one scholarship, and that was to a school that I never wanted to go to, and that was the University of North Alabama. And I'm going to tell you, that happened to be the best thing that ever happened. <laughs> it really did. So here I am going to a smaller school than I envisioned, but the way my journey goes is, you know, three years after actually me pursuing college football on scholarship, I realized that my dream of going to the NFL was kind of slim. And I realized that, for one, my grades were slipping. I also realized that just the time and commitment and effort that I was spending could probably be better used somewhere else. I was running up against a lot of political things. And, and it's something that I just sincerely did not have control over. You know, um, I would pray about it. I would talk about it. And I just couldn't shake it. So for me, uh, the next thing was for me to potentially make a decision. And that was to potentially leave a full scholarship. So that's how it kind of got started. And um, that's what kind of led me into business later on. But I went through a very really traumatic time in my life or where I was actually just, I didn't know what to do. I was lost. I was stuck. I was trying to figure it out. I had a lot of energy, a lot of ambition, but I had nowhere to actually go and nowhere to turn to figure out what was the next step. Right. Just want to clarify. You said before it was the best thing, the best thing in that you were offered that full scholarship or the best thing that you didn't receive the scholarships that you were expecting to receive. Both. Wow. Both. Yeah. Both, because now here I am, not at a huge school. I'm at a smaller school, and that allowed me to actually build better or quicker, better relationships with people because it w I didn't have so many distractions. You know, I was actually one point in my life, I actually had this idea for my first company, which is Lux Brand, and I needed someone to talk about. I needed someone to talk to. You know, I needed someone who I could just... Um, express my entire life story to see, for one, if leaving on the scholarship was crazy or not, but also to figure out, okay, well, I need help. I have no uh, previous knowledge of how to start a business, so I need help in seeing if this is crazy or not as well. So literally, the, one of the things that I did was when I got back to school um, after my third year of that Christmas break, 
I called everyone that I could in the College of Business, starting from the dean. And I called about seven people and literally about five of those people answered the phone and they directed me to a person who's very near and dear to me. And his name is Dr. Bora, uh, one of the best men that I've ever run across in my life. And he's never let me say no to, to myself. But because of that being a small school and not being that gigantic mammoth of a school, I was able to build really personal relationships with the right people. So let me just ask, just because you said his name was Dr. Bohr? Bora, yeah, B-O-R-A-H. Oh, I heard Bohr, and I was like, I don't really hear too many of them around, and I know that's my last name, so. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> uh, like, that'd be a great podcast. Like, is that my dad? Like, yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> no, thank God my dad's here. But um, anyway, I, I just want to also point on something that's very nuanced that you said, and this is one of the reasons, honestly, that I just love you and what you're doing so much, is when you were talking about the records that you were breaking, you said you were fortunate enough to break those records. Like most people don't talk like that. Most people say, yeah, and I broke these records and I, and I did this, I did that, I did that. You said if you're fortunate enough to break those records, almost like you'd received a gift. And I think it's that humility that, that you don't even, it's, it, you're, not, you're not, obviously, you're not even thinking about it. You're just talking to me, right? It's just us too. And you're talking about being fortunate enough to break those records. And I really think that's, that's probably the biggest thing, at least from everything I know about you, that differentiates you is you're so humble. And I think that's really only going to serve you well. And I think it already has. And um, I wanted to ask about, about something. And, and just as a caveat before I do, I had a friend growing up who had 12 siblings. And um, whenever I would ask him what it felt like to have so many siblings, obviously that's a hard question to answer. So he would just say it's normal, right? Because that's all he knew. Right. So of course it is always hard to answer a question like that when it's all you've ever known. But that said, I'm going to try with you anyway. What was it like growing up with a professional athlete as a dad? Huh. Yeah, well, I actually had a conversation about this the other day. In a sense, it definitely was normal. <laughs> so for, for me, having a father who was an ex-NFL player, I didn't see him as an ex-NFL player. I saw him as dad and sometimes brother. <laughs> so basically... It was something so normal to me. Um, a lot of people just having my, the friends around, they would obviously idolize him. Um, I always idolized him as just dad, just being there for me and just being hard on me and, and being strict on me, but you know, also just being loving on me. You know, um, One of the other things is you know, just him having that kind of that discipline from the NFL. I think he told me that they would get fined maybe $5,000 or something like that for being late to meetings. And he would tell me, you know, for me growing up, I wasn't sleeping in. I was disciplined. I was eating a good breakfast in the morning. I was taking care of myself. I was putting in the extra work. And he didn't have to ever say that because you know why? I would, all I had to do was look out the window. All I had to do was wake up in the morning and I hear weights clanking downstairs. All I had to do was look at the way him and also my mom carried themselves. Um, so it trickled on over into my life, obviously. Right. That's awesome. I love those insights where I, I, one of my, I really like hearing like eulogies, let's say, just as an example of really big people. And then everybody's talking about these accomplishments, how they change the world. And somebody gets up is like, this was just like, I don't know, this was like my grandpa or something like that. So it's, it's sort of nice to kind of get that inside of perspective on this. Um, but in terms of your decision to leave football, why did you do that? And have you ever regretted that decision? First and foremost, that was the best decision of my life. <laughs> um, 
you know, I honestly went through that period where I thought a lot of people were going to see me as a failure. I spent a lot of time and wasted a lot of time thinking about what others would actually uh, see of me for leaving a scholarship. And most cases when someone leaves a scholarship, it's because either they flunked out or they did something that they were not supposed to do. And that was not what was going to happen for me. I was going to opt out, right? Uh, but that experience, it literally helped me feel like a, a weight was lifted off my shoulder and I could actually transition that focus and that work ethic that I already had in football and sports over into potentially business. So, and that's exactly what, what happened. I had the discipline, I had the work ethic already, and I was able to transition that over, you know, to another field or, or area. Um, but yes, yeah, so to answer your question, you know, I think it was definitely the best thing that ever happened. I have never regretted it. If I could do it all over again, I would do it the same exact way. But why did you leave though? So I left because for one, I was unhappy. I was unhappy mm -hmm. and I was in my heart. I was literally feeling like I could, I could use my, my time and my energy towards something else that I could potentially be doing for the rest of my life. So why am I wasting time and energy here? Um, and I also felt like I was burdened by a scholarship. I felt like, and it was an uneasy feeling. I felt like I was stuck on this scholarship because obviously the school was, I was going to school for free. Right. And for me, I'm like, am I ungrateful for thinking like this? For me, I'm like, maybe, I, maybe I'm ungrateful. But when I really start to express myself and how I felt and why I felt, you know, to actually do that scholarship to do something or follow my heart was when I actually realized that I was not ungrateful for doing that. It was a total natural, natural thing. And God had placed something on my heart and he had, play, he had placed the will and desire to do something else and take a leap right. of faith. No, they say, they say nothing comes for free or nothing in life is free, right? So even... Even, I guess, especially in this context, something that did come free. It wasn't actually free at all. Um, what, what position did you play? I played linebacker. Linebacker. Awesome. Who's your favorite player, can I ask? I was a quarterback a little bit, but like nothing, uh, not really competitive, like just a couple of amateur leagues here and there. Basketball, I played high school basketball. Um, okay. But uh, I, it's just, I mean it's always been a part of my life, right? Like I've just, I've always grown up. I grew up in England playing soccer um, and then moved here and well, I live in Canada now. So they gave me this thing called a hockey stick and I had to figure out how to hit the ball into the net with this <laughs> really awkward um, device that I'm not used to using. It was, but, but um, <laughs> no, it was actually so funny. I remember in, uh, in, 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 I, I kind of understand sports, like an understand, I call it a language, right? Like if you're playing sports well, it's like it's poetry. So I understand the quote unquote language of sports more than I'm athletic, right? So in like seventh grade, for example, I remember thinking like, why do I play basketball? Like, I don't like it. I'm not good at it. And then all of a sudden, I don't remember what exactly it was, but something just clicked. And I started to understand the movements and, 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 and plays and, and how every single action has a reaction. And I totally just fell in love with basketball now. So, um, but anyway, we're starting to digress a little bit, and I know that we could definitely talk for a very long time about um, sports, but um, what was the greatest moment that you remember whilst playing football? The greatest moment. I remember these moments where, and I cherish these, and it happened every game, every single game. 
the greatest moment was me literally looking into the stands and, and seeing my, my parents and my younger brother and my family coming out in herds to support me. That has to be the greatest moments that I will take for forever. More, better than any other plays that I made. Um, I, I just, I'm a big person, you know, I, I really love my family. I really love people who are kind to one another, people who support one another. And I think what we have to realize is family doesn't have to be just blood. Family also can be friends as well. I think I got to say before we move forward with this podcast, you're probably the coolest person that I've ever met, but (laughs) (laughs) be that as it may. Um, (laughs) So let's forward until today. Um, You just came out with your new book. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about that? What's it about? Why'd you write it? What's the story there? Sure. So it's called the digital playbook. All right. And one of the biggest things I always, you know, within the last couple of years, I said, maybe, maybe I should write a book. Maybe I should figure this out. And I would always tell my, my mom, I'm going to write a book one day. Um, but that really, like I said, five years ago, that I had no idea about a book at all. So recently within the last five years, I, I've always kind of pondered on the idea. But the digital playbook is basically a step-by-step process of how I've actually been able to leverage different things in my business and also for our clients. So we're talking about Good Morning America, NFL Network, Foot Locker Stores, Adidas, Yahoo, Fox News, and just so many different things that I've been able to experience. And what I wanted to do was basically put together a a step-by-step checklist of how others can actually be successful as well and how they can build repeatable revenue in their business. All right. So Basically, when I look at both companies, we got two companies that are in two different industries. What I've realized is that there's very there's three commonalities, and no matter what you're doing, right? That's people, process, and platform. Okay, the right people drive leads, close sales, um, and basically they follow a proven process. Okay, a process is a a, a checklist of repeatable tasks that can be be performed by anyone. Okay. And then they use a platform to do it at scale. So the book is basically our process that we have used to basically help amplify what other businesses are already good at. Okay. So in that book, basically it goes into break is break broken down into six phases. Okay. We got, you know, and you're very familiar with a lot of these phases, but plumbing goals, content targeting, um, also amplification and optimization. Okay. And sprinkled in there are basically strategies from, you know, the different areas where I've stumbled and different things that I've done to achieve success in those areas. So you have two companies. You just released a book. Now, I don't know exactly how old you are, but I'm going to venture to say that most people your age don't have that sort of resume. So what keeps you from feeling complacent? What keeps me going? All right, and feeling and stopping me from feeling complacent. Honestly, it goes back to my why. You know, I really, I've always had help. Like I said, one of the biggest things is me looking up in the stands before the football game and seeing my family. And I would wave at them and they would wave back. And my auntie would be yelling at the top of her lungs. So <laughs> the thing is, though, I've always had support. I've always had help. And that's what keeps me going. That's what really keeps me, you know, 
striving every single day to be better because I want to lift others up as I climb higher. Um, and honestly, I feel like that is my true purpose and my true why for, for doing what I do. So as a religious person myself, I always love seeing successful people that remain true to their faith. What role has religion played in your development, both personally and professionally? Great question. So I am actually a Christian. I grew up in the church. And one of the biggest things is I know where my foundation lies and I know what, what really keeps me grounded. And that is definitely my, my God and savior, you know? So for me, and I'm not afraid to talk about it, you know, <laughs> for me, yeah. if you, if you look on my Instagram or my LinkedIn page, that is definitely up there at the top. Um, but the role it has, I mean, and what is that has done for me is basically I've, it has allowed me to realize that in times where things are challenging, right? And when things are not going the way that we have uh, envisioned them to go, we always can take a look at others. And we always can understand that, that God is never going to forsake us. And we also, we have to have faith, right? That is the biggest testimony to my life is faith and what, it, what that has done for me. All right. So I wouldn't have started any of my companies. I wouldn't have done, done a lot of things if I didn't trust in, you know, uh, basically everything that I've known, everything that I've done, my friends, my family, and also God. So for me, that is what really keeps me going. Um, and that is just definitely the pillar and, and, and my success is basically knowing that I have faith and also understanding that no matter what you do, successful people fell their way to the top. So basically from that, if you can take away anything from that, you know, it's always important to just keep going, keep growing. You're going to bump your head, but you also will, at the end of the day, you need to continue to have faith and continue to, to go forward. So I want to touch on that a little bit because that's a recurring theme on my show is this concept of failure. And I actually just had somebody on the show um, so his, it, it was called, uh, Mike Sirock Sirocco and his, his mantra is how to use rocket, how to use setbacks as rocket fuel. And it was basically all about using failures to boost yourself forward. So I just want to talk about this concept of failure and setbacks for a second. Have you ever had any failed business ventures? I haven't had any failed business ventures, but I've had def definitely a couple of failures <laughs> for sure. Right. So what do you think is more necessary for future success, failure or success? failure. I think that's more necessary because, you know, honestly, if you go through life and you set goals and you accomplish and hit every single goal, were those goals really big enough? Probably not. Right. right? So for me, I just recall a couple of times, remember in college, you know, I started both of my companies in college, but the thing, the first, one of the first things is I was a big saver. I saved as much money as I could, any chance that I got. One time I saved $5,000 and I was going to launch my, my first company on Kickstarter. And it was an absolute bust. <laughs> I mean, an absolute bust. I have never lost that much money that fast in my entire life. So here I am, a college student who has saved every dime, every penny up, and now it's gone. And I needed to figure out what I was going to do next. I was sad. I thought about it for 30 minutes and I said, well, Ryan, the money is gone and you can't get it back. So what, what are you going to do about it? And what did I do? I busted my tail and I kid you not, I made double the next month. So the thing is, it, it takes time. It takes time 
Um, but I think failure is definitely necessary mm. in building success. What we have to realize is in so many cases, we look at other people and for one, we should never look at other people and compare their lives to ours, all right? But we look at other people and we're only looking at a very small snapshot of their life instead of the entire picture and all of the things that they went through and all of the things that they endured to become successful. That is the piece where we need to focus on. We need to focus on the different failures so that we can use those as a teacher for our success. I just want to talk about that for a second because Jordan Peterson in his book, 12 Rules for Life, I don't know if you've ever read it, um, but he says one of his rules is, is um, don't compare yourself to someone else's today. Compare yourself to who you were yesterday. And it's exactly what you're talking about. And it's, um, it's 100% so true. And the other thing is, is nowadays, especially in the business world, like, like I love it, but it has some toxicity as everything does. And one of the things that we glorify so much is when somebody makes $500,000 within five minutes. And it's, it's amazing. Like it is, it really is a, it's a tremendous accomplishment when someone does that, but that's not the accomplishment. That's, that's just like, there was so much that happened before that. And the other thing is, is like, like Gary Vaynerchuk, he talks about hustle and it's, it really is like the sexiest thing when he's talking about hustle. Like, yeah, man, I'm going to work for 25 or 25 hours a day. That's even possible. When Gary Vaynerchuk talks about it, it's great. But when the guy who's like, I don't know, working out of his living room or whatever, working out of a closet, he's talking about hustle and he's been doing it for four months and he hasn't made a cent from it. Like when he talks about it, it's not sexy. It's like, well, you've got to go through that. It's only going to become an awesome thing at the end of it when you're talking about it. But it really takes a very long time to do to to get there. Um, and all the power to you for talking about that because that's, I think not enough people are. And, and um, I appreciate that. So well, check this out really quick. You know, uh, here's one of the things I like, I like to really talk about all the time. You're only crazy until you do it. Yes, so exactly. What, exactly. So, so what does that mean for you? Right. Right. You're only crazy. People are going to see that you're crazy. People are going to call you names. They're going to be like, your idea is stupid. What you're doing is dumb. It'll never work. It'll never, it'll never be anything until you actually do it. And once you do it, it's not, it's not crazy anymore. It's amazing. It's golden. Right. 100%. So we got to keep that in mind as well. And the other thing is, is, is I find that, well, for example, different advice applies more to certain people than others. Right. So let's say if someone's a dreamer, then maybe the advice, if somebody always dreams really, really, really big, then the advice that they might need is to right. sort of stay grounded. So when, and, and for somebody who's like really grounded, the advice that they need is to dream as absolutely big as possible. Right. So, right. so I think it's the people who, who, who don't sort of understand that balance or that moderation that they can sort of take a peripheral look at someone's life and just reactively give a judgment. Like you're crazy for doing this or, or that. And it's, it's man, like there's so much behind the scenes that nobody knows. Like, like I'm right now, I'm talking to you after you're the Yahoo finance featured global entrepreneur, you've got a million of these accolades. So like I'm getting this 30 minute podcast episode with you right now. You've been doing this for 20 years. You've been building this stuff up. Like there's heartbreaks and trauma and everything that you've been through to get to where you are. And, and all, like I said before, all the power to you for being open and talking about that. Cause I don't think enough people are, um, where do you see yourself in 20 years? 20 years. Ooh, that's a big number. Jeez. <laughs> Um, honestly, some of the things that I really want to do, um, I guess these are some of the personal goals that I have. For one, I want to get an honorary degree. 
I really do. I think that is just so cool. <laughs> so if I could go back to my school, and like I said, that was the best thing that, that happened to me was for me to go to UNA, and I love UNA to death. Um, but if I can get an honorary degree from, from there, it'd be amazing. Uh, but also, I want to be able to impact over 100,000 businesses. So that is a really big, hefty goal, but I definitely know that it's doable and it's achievable. Right. I had uh, Jeff Woods on the show a couple of weeks ago. He's, uh, he runs the One Thing podcast and the One Thing brand, a book by Gary Keller. And he talks about the way to become mega successful is to, bro- to, to throw your net as wide as possible, to cast as wide a net as possible for someday way in the future and then narrow it down to what do I need to do in the next 20 years to make that happen? 10 years, five years, one year, one month, and this exact moment. Um, so 100%, it is an extremely lofty goal, but 100%, if anybody's going to do that, it's going to be you for sure. Um, so here's one. You may have to go into the record books to sort of try to find an answer for this one, but what's the greatest compliment you've ever received? Hmm. I would say the greatest compliment. I received it a couple months ago, actually. So me and my brother, my brother's in college right now playing for the university of Arkansas. And we started this podcast called Conversations with the Fam. And I named it obviously Fam After Family because I'm such a big family person. And all we wanted to do was to get on this podcast and share our testimony and our stories and our failures and hopes of inspiring others and also helping others get through the challenges that they're going through. So that was the number one reason. All right. So after doing our first episode, I mean, I had a comment that actually came in and it was a dear friend uh, of mine. And basically she wrote about an entire paragraph or so, maybe a paragraph or two, but basically there was one piece of this comment that really just brought tears to my eyes. And she had mentioned that she had watched us grow up and before you know it, she also was in tears. And then the other thing is that she literally was able to well, she really told us that you have no idea as a, the, the age that she is, how much it, it really helped her. So she mentioned that it's helping the young and the old. And that's when I really realized that what we are doing and the voices that we have can really be impactful and inspiring for others. Not just the people our age, but also older people, younger people so many different races, so many different cultures. And that is when I really start to understand the scope of and the power of, you know, the, our voices. Right. What are you the most proud of? Hmm. That's a good question. <laughs> um, we don't mess around on this show, man. You know, you know, know. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to get my money's worth here. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Um, I'm one of those guys, by the way, where people have to tell me, Ryan, you need to just take a step back and think about what you're doing, your accomplishments. Because I was the guy who, for birthdays, I never wanted to throw myself a birthday party. I, you know, I never wanted to reward myself. Um, so I'm getting better at that now. Um, but my biggest accomplishment, whew. Ah. 
This is a good one. <laughs> this is tough. And I got to tell you, when this, when this audio is going into the final thing, I'm not editing any of this. The whole pause, oh, everything is... <laughs> oh, man. Um, my biggest accomplishment... I just say, I think it's, it's probably one of the most recent ones, which has happened yesterday. <laughs> um, so our book actually landed on the bestsellers list. First, it landed on the number one new release, new release list. But then before you know it, it's on the bestsellers list. And I actually was able to look at the list. And some of it was like Russell Bronson and um, Dennis Yu and different things. I'm like, how? I don't know how. I still haven't figured that out. But yeah. It's up there and it's number one, right? So, uh, has it, literally, aren't you at pre orders also right now? You're not even yeah, like, I'm at pre order. We new release. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. crazy. We literally had hundreds and hundreds of, of, of pre sales uh, yesterday alone. So, basically, I, I literally spent the better half of this, this morning actually talking to Amazon, trying to figure out, okay, well, what does this mean? How do I go and screenshot this so that I have proof? How do I, you know, figure out how to get to the other categories, different things like that. So it's that, that definitely has been my biggest accomplishment because I never had imagined. I always knew that I wanted to do something in business, but I never imagined having a book released. And I've never imagined also hitting that list on day one. Did you promote the book or you just published it and put it out there and it just sort of spread like wildfire? No, I, I promoted it. I promoted it. Um, so it's really unique. I literally took a very, very different approach than what most people would. So instead of me sending out newsletters, it, I did send out newsletters, but instead of me focusing on that stuff, I literally took every single contact that I had in my phone, 1500 plus contacts from my re most recent phone, my all my devices, my computer, and I started texting them until my phone literally just about crashed. So I've literally taken all of that and been very, very personal. I've also reached out to tons and tons, my staff and my team have reached out to tons of people um, who have liked our posts, who have engaged with us, who have commented on our posts. And honestly, I probably won't go back to doing business the same way again after that. <laughs> Were you saying because the reception of personnel was so much better? Absolutely. Absolutely. Amazing. Good for you. So as a final question, mm -hmm. um, if, and this is going to be a doozy, I'm just warning you, but if you could be remembered for one thing only, what would it be? Leading by example. And I would say leading by example because, like I said, the people, the, the key people around me, my, my mother, my father, my brother, my grandfather, um, just family members, in most of the cases, I've always been able to, to just watch them. I've always been able to just sit back, observe, and literally my life, what I've done, especially as I've gotten older, I've been able to see, wow, they do this, this way. And I've been able to also look at others and be like, oh, they don't do this. And this is probably why, you know, why the results are different, right? So I honestly... If, if I could do one thing, it's basically, that's going to be to lead by example. So I'm going to put it all on the table. I'm going to give you the real genuine Ryan Mason. And I hope that it inspires you and to put a, you know, a fire on, on your end and keep going because I'm going to keep going and I'm going to keep growing and I want to bring everyone else up with me.
Amazing, Ryan. How can people get in touch with you? Yeah, so first and foremost, um, if you're on social media, you can go to my Instagram page. It's at the great underscore Mason. All right. Also, you can find me on LinkedIn and Facebook. Um, I do a little Twitter, not much at all. Uh, but the next thing is you can go to ryandmason.com. Take a look at my website. If you want to purchase a book, if you scroll down to about half the page, you'll see the book where you can go ahead now and pre-order it. It will be, the prices will go up soon. So right now it's only 99 cents. So definitely check that out. And if you need anything else, you can just hit the get started for free button at the top of our website to get your free marketing tools. Ryan, I got to tell you before I let you go, um, like I said before, I absolutely love what you're doing. God definitely loves you. He's definitely rewarding you for what you're doing. Um, you're staying humble. You've got all of these values. And, and I'm sure where you are right now is where a lot of people definitely want to see themselves, if not by the time that you're, they're your age, at least by the time they're like even 40. So you're definitely ahead of the curb. But you're, as we say, uh, a Jewish word here is a mensch, right? I'm, I'm sure you can probably understand in context what that means, but you're an absolute mensch about it. And um, I appreciate you and what you're doing for the world. I really do. Oliver, thank you so much for having me, brother. Thanks for coming on the show, man. I'll see you later. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Real Marketers Podcast. I hope you found it valuable. Your success is my success, so I really want to see you grow. Please share this podcast to other realtors that you think would benefit from it. And if you want to take your business to another level, go to boarddigital.com and book a time to talk. Otherwise, I'll see you next time.